0: Get ready to live happy and dine out as Orange County Restaurant Week returns. Running from March 3rd through the 9th, this is the best time of year to get out and experience all that the Orange County dining scene has to offer. Participating restaurants will be offering a wide variety of different menus for guests to enjoy, and a complete list of these can be found at ocrestaurantweek.com, along with other details. And don't forget, if you want the ultimate OC Restaurant Week experience, you'll need to get your tickets now for the OC Restaurant Week VIP party, if they haven't already sold out, that is. It's one of the biggest events of the year and a celebration of everything that is good with the Orange County dining scene. And be sure to tune in for a special episode of the Best Seats podcast featuring my top 15 menu picks for the 2024 Orange County Restaurant Week. This is one of the best celebrations of dining out all year long and one that is not to be missed. So once again, for a complete list of participating restaurants, their various menus, partner information, Restaurant Week VIP party information, and more, go to ocrestaurantweek.com. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 133 of the Best Seats podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality community from right here in Orange County, where the show is based, to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I'm your host, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of the Best Seats. Thank you to my friend, Allie Coyle. She provides the music for the show. You can find more of her work at alliecoilmusic.com. And she's got a bunch of new music coming out. I think pretty soon, or she started to debut some of it. So make sure that you do check that out, as well as her family's three restaurants if you're here in Orange County Fable and Spirit, which is in Newport Beach, and then Dublin for Gastropub and Wine Works for Everyone. Those are sister restaurants right next to each other over in Mission Viejo. If you enjoy the show and you're listening to it on free feeds, whether that's Spotify, Apple, wherever that may be, please consider leaving a rating and/or a review sharing with friends. It helps other folks discover the show, enjoy the show, et cetera. You can find more content like this at thebestseats.com. Check out the merch store. Uh, submit stories for the other show that first episode should be premiering when this... Let me do math real quick. When this episode hits free feeds, the day it hits free feeds, it should be the same week that the new show I Know What You Did Last Sunday premieres where I am reading, reacting to, and rating your best Sunday scary stories from brunches gone awry, Mother's Day weekends gone wrong, et cetera. Um... Last but not least, the very best experience is only found for those people that subscribe at a tier that makes the most sense to them on patreon.com forward slash the best seats where a lot of people do support this pokey little channel each and every month. And it means the world for you to do that. Um, That's where you get early ad free listening to each and every episode in perpetuity, ad free listening, exclusive access to the bonus episodes um, where they're applicable. There's a handful that are missing, whether they were solo episodes that I did, etc. But it should be like 57 episodes, I think, at this point Um, and more. Let's talk about the world of luxury. Now, luxury dining is something that is not unheard of. Obviously, there's different tiers of dining. You got your kind of greasy spoons. You got your mid-tier restaurants, your double A's, your triple A's. Then you get into the Michelin, et cetera. Um, but that, the world of luxury can be differently tiered. I guess we will say Um, what may be luxurious for one person may not be luxurious for another. Some of it is subjective, which is perfectly fine. But there are some things that are inarguably luxurious. Luxury at this type of level also comes with a certain air of exclusivity. Um, But a lot of these times, these kind of exclusive worlds of luxury tend to be they gatekeep themselves. Right. We want you to come enjoy our brand of car. We want you to just enjoy our ...type of wine. Very often they don't really interact. My guest for this episode, Justin Wilson, who was the founder of Wine & Wagyu... ...is looking to change that. Now, what exactly is Wine & Wagyu? Well, it is a club that is exactly what it sounds like. He has, through various ways through the course of his career... ...found himself having access to some of the most... ...I mean, some of the most astounding wines on the planet... Some of the very best, and I mean the best, wagyu beef on the planet. Um, Full disclosure, as a thank you, again, we've been trying to schedule this episode for a while. We've been talking via social media and finally kind of came to be as a thank you for the episode. He gifted me one of his boxes that are carefully curated, which we talk about in the show. Um, And the quality of this stuff is out of control. Um, You can take that with a grain of salt if you wish. I'm trying to give you full disclosure on it that I was not even expecting the quality to be this insane. But it's more than just gift boxes. It's more than just granting people access. He's bringing different worlds of luxury together in kind of an unheard of fashion. We are not talking your average food events here. We are talking hyper luxury for a a financial class that I don't think I'll ever qualify for, but certain people do. And I do think that there's still a lot of interest there. This is a really, really cool endeavor to really network in a way that at a level like this generally people like kind of to be left alone but he's really bringing a lot of worlds together in various ways doing it in very very interesting ways and I'm really fascinated by this I think that this is a very well very very much a story worth telling so without further ado let's get to the person that can tell with the best on the episode 132 of the best seats podcast with my guest founder of Wagyu and Wine Justin Wilson enjoy There's a handful of things in life that I know that I'm good at running a successful podcast for one, a website, photography, menu consulting, etc. But one of the things where I need help is my gardening, specifically culinary gardening. It's one thing to have a nice succulent or a pretty plant to look at, but there's nothing like growing your own food, herbs, and more. That's why I turn to my friend and friend of the best seats podcast, Ashley Irene of heirloom potager for all things, Culinary gardening. She's an expert through and through who's worked with some of the best chefs and restaurants here in Orange County. She's talented, witty, incredibly smart, and a consummate professional through and through. Whether you're running a restaurant program, a craft cocktail program, or you just want to start growing some great food at home, she has everything you need and more. So, to get more information, set up a consultation, or just to see some of the things that she's done in the past, Check out heirloompotage.com for more information. I cannot. Justin, thank you for taking the time to sit down. Real quick before we even start, shout out to Kachina Inateca here in Newport Beach up at Fashion Island. They are allowing us to record in their space today pre-service, so I want to give a shout out to them. If you have not been to one of their locations, if you're in Orange County here in Newport or over in Irvine, and they have others as well, definitely check them out. But real quick shout out to them for letting us record in the space. Now that the Gracias is out of the way for them... I want to talk about you i want to talk about wagyu and wine but before we dive into any of the phenomenal stuff that you have going on and i really do mean that quality service and everything else above would you mind taking a moment to introduce yourself give a little bit of your background and kind of how this came to be what we're kind of talking about today
1: yeah so for me by the way i'm justin uh this has kind of been a fall in my lap trying to figure out this whole little project it's uh, kind of a cool little project called wagyu and wine for me though i've been around the wine business almost 30 years uh, in hospitality since I was 16, so we're going on 16 years now at this point. Um, you know, it's this idea of, you know, I've been in fine wine sales, doing everything from you know imports to domestic. Having friends that are up in Napa, and multiple winemakers, uh, a lot of cult brands that we work with and that I know. Um, also working with a lot of the the rare pro, uh, products and and food stuff that we deal with, but again. It, the ethos of how this kind of came up was i was taking care of a client we were doing super bowl uh in la super bowl 2022 and i wanted to take care of him and he had a house we had four days he had all of his uh you know client athletes popping up and he goes i want gonna be there for four days take care of it i'm like sweet here we go and we had i think a hundred thousand dollars worth of food and wine over those four days we had almond resorts come in help out and collab with us on the last day and by the end of it everybody goes like what are you doing like who are you You know, what is it about you that all of a sudden had this, you know, platform? And I said, for me, it's sales. I'm just taking care of a client, introducing myself to new clients, don't even know what I'm doing, right? And it's funny because uh, one of the girls that did it, she ran the NFL Lowe's uh, party and she did that for them. And she goes, Mm -hmm. no one's doing this thing. And she goes, you should be thinking about doing a caterer or an event planner and. Honestly, to me, still to this moment in time, those are four letter words to me. Like, no way in hell would I've ever wanted to be an event planner or a caterer. Yeah. Um, You know, I grew up in restaurants, figured I had to have a brick and mortar restaurant early on in my life. Um, And so I was doing other things. This kind of opened up where I was doing more charities for, you know, pro athletes and events for the Anaheim Ducks, which I've done many years in a row. Um, And more and more brands kept coming at me and going, like, hey, we want to do what you're doing. Like, we love what you're doing. And six months into that, you know, uh, so it's mid 2022, I'm thinking, hey, maybe this is something that I should do. I had created the company early on in January of 2022 as a tax write-off. More so like, hey, I'm doing all <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff for free. I had a logo, 99designs basically came in and the guy that was a badass, um, the first guy that came out with the thing was like, this is absolutely amazing. This is 100% what I wanted. I had 30 more different logos and I'm like, nothing comes close. And it's funny because everybody goes, oh my God, your logo is absolutely amazing. And I'm like, I wish I had something to do with it. You know, yeah, I absolutely <laughs> am
0: obsessed with your logo. I love it. And, the, and for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, you will by the time you listen to this episode. But the fact that you got it on first pass, anybody who's worked in design at all right now is going like, oh my God, good for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like I said, for me, life is all about things fall in your lap and you got to go with them, right? And it's one of those things where for me hospitality is always everything. You you've got to do everything for everybody else. Sometimes you get that, you know, reciprocated back. A lot of times you don't. And I think that's the kind of piece of personalities that I like to work with is people that are willing to give everything they have knowing they're probably going to get screwed over. Knowing they're probably not going to get everything back. Right? You're not going to go into a restaurant business and go, "I'm going to be a freaking billionaire owning a restaurant." Right? You grind it out, you work everything, and if it works out, great. If it doesn't, you do just because you like talking to people, you like having fun and you know that every day is going to be a different challenge. There's a different breed of people in hospitality. And I, and I say hospitality is, as we were talking about earlier as more so like the foundation of dealing with people, frontline guest center going above and beyond. Yeah. Uh, and that could be anything, but it, it takes a different kind of masochistic personality, right? Like I'm going to get my ass <laughs> it chewed out. A great way to describe I'm going to yeah. bust my butt. I'm going to be sweaty and I'm going to make a little bit of money on it. Right. Um, but no, it's an interesting aspect of, of how the, the evolution came out and what we were doing. Um, before uh, the pandemic, I had a lot of friends that were in the uh, Wagyu import business. Pandemic hit, especially based in New York. Everything got shut down and they're sitting on piles yeah. and piles and piles of, of inventory. And I was like, sweet. I just had my first kid. Um, we finished you know, breastfeeding. So we had this big old deep freezer full of you know nothing at this point. And I'm like, let's fill it up. And so we filled it up with A5 and all the cool stuff, and and I went through like a culinary experience of different brands and everything else. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, there's a there's a miss here, and that kind of started that whole ethos. And when everything opened up, I was working with wine business, uh, uh, with Treasury Wine Estates, mm-hmm. and we were doing Penfolds kicking off the new California collection. And I was like, I've got an in with Australian, you know, Wagyu. Let's tie this in. We can kind of study on the the gray areas of, you know. Activating, we purchase everything from the company. We're an Australian brand, you know. So it was one of those kind of things where I was like, "Let's have fun with it." Yeah. And restaurants were loving it because we're like, we don't know what's going on. All the you know people that were sitting under the rock and hiding from everybody in COVID were like, "If I'm coming out and getting COVID and dying with the zombie apocalypse, yeah, I'm,
0: go- I'm well, going big. I'm going big."
1: <laughs> and so that was the whole thing is we were coming out with you know penful grange events and uh, doing Australian wagyu, and people loved it. And so. I kinda took that ethos of what I was doing, going big and above and beyond, and then said, Okay, great, I've kinda created a company. And again, it was a hobby. It was more of like, I'm just not fun. I want to do something different. And as we've tied in more and more and more and I've used more of my networks of, you know, exotic car brands and luxury lifestyle brands from fashion, you know, watches, jewelry, luxury real estate, it was one of those things where I'm like, there's a miss here, there's a hole that no one's really doing. You know, we athletes are one thing, celebrities another thing, ultra high nets are another thing. But tying all that together and trying to figure out what makes people excited, right? And pushing the envelopes of the food industry and what's out there. Pushing the envelopes of the wine industry and getting people out there. Because I work with some brands. No one knows who the hell they are. I mean, they make 400 bottles every couple of years. And it's 18 bottles per country that gets that. And most of it doesn't even go to, like, any, like the country. I mean, the guy is friends with a bunch of princes. So, you know, a lot of those guys, like, there's one guy that's a Saudi sheik takes all 18 bottles himself
0: right selfish totally yeah. <laughs> and, and you're like damn oil money
1: and you're, and you're like who the hell knows it and and the funny thing is you, you talk about screaming eagles you know you talk about drc you see those everywhere you see them in, and you can go and see them in P- Vaughn's pavilions up in newport no Gomes but
0: time. you have brought out some brands yeah. that again not that i'm a wine savant i mean i like to know that i know kind of what i know and i know what i don't know but there you you've brought out brands that even i'm like the fuck is that yeah. like and i've had to go and google and dig deep and be like oh <laughs> shit yeah talk about allocation
1: Totally. And, and I think that's the fun piece about it, right? Like if you're in the wine business and if you're the, a wine collector, you always want to up one of your friends, right? Yeah. You want to figure out like, what can I bring them? One, that doesn't cost me a shit ton of money. And two, that's going to blow their minds away. And three, they have no clue about, right? That, that's like the trifecta for winning like, hey, I've got something you don't have, right? It's the same thing with anything else. It doesn't have to be wine, it could be anything. But it's kind of fun to find these brands and have these kind of connections with these people that have their mainstay three or four brands and they've got another project they're doing that's getting... Equally just as much attention. It's the same exact thing, yeah. same exact winemaking style at a fraction of the price, but half the allocation or half the production, right? One that comes to mind, Fay Ma. If no one knows about Fay Ma wines, it's Baby Realm at half the price. Same <laughs> winemaker, same big scores. They just got massive scores from D- Dunnick on their 2021s. And again, half the price. Same vineyard sources, everything.
0: So this is basically a, I mean, to kind of put it into summation, this is you're selling kind of wines and wagyu to people kind of in the, and you brought one of the boxes here today. I mean, yep. these stunning packages, which we'll kind of unpack with, again, I can't believe you got the logo on the first try, <laughs> um, but you're also curating experiences because yep. I think ultimately your kind of clientele and the people that are kind of kind of dive into this are people that are looking for those type of experiences. Yep. So with your bringing together, you know, high-end watchmakers, high, I think you did, a, you did an event, I want to say, with Aston Martin, Newport Beach. And Roger Dubois Yeah. Um, I mean, these are, this is not, you know, a subtle thing that you're doing. How is it going about kind of curating these different things? Because it's one thing to put together kind of a little food and wine event, but you're putting together very intimate exclusive to, you know, lack of a better term experiences where people are really coming and just experiencing the highest of highest ends of things. Yep.
1: So for me, the idea is like this food and wine. Anybody can do it. Yeah. You have enough money. You can create what I'm doing easy, better even. Right. That is the ethos of what's going on. And I kind of looked at it as like we've created these table for tens early on in the, in the business model, mm-hmm. right? And the idea was that, you know, you have five couples. There's always a couple that knows everybody, but they're not as close. And if you go to a dinner party like that and, and you were to be, you know, fly on the wall, they're the ones hanging close together. They're drinking their wine glass and the other, the women are on one side, the other men are on the other side. And so for me, the idea was how do I break that up? How do I create the ultimate, you know, networking yeah, it's still experience? a middle
0: school dance. you got to get the people together. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And so the idea was, okay, let's entertain the women because let's face it, Wagyu, wine, cars, cigars, spirits and stuff that we work with, it's very male-centric. Yeah, so it's I hyper-masculine. Realized, absolutely. But I realized that my wife, if I wanna buy something, says yes or no. I, I go to her, I make money, I have my own money. And same thing with, with billionaires, right? Their wives are, are the gatekeepers to what they can purchase and not, right? And so I figured, how do I get them you know, excited? How do I get them you know, happy and, and lucid about an event that's geared towards their husbands. Yeah. And so I figured, okay, let's throw some champagne early on. Let's start throwing jewelry fashion. Let's get them their little purchase piece. Yeah. Yeah. Break up that, you know, those couples and have all the women kind of hanging out there. So that guy that doesn't really know everybody hangs out with the other guys they are forced to talk. They're doing cigars. They're doing watches. They're doing cars, whatever it may be at the event that we do. You come in, you have the dinner piece. Everybody's breaking bread. Everybody's connected now. Cause they already had an hour or so of, of connection. And that was the ultimate ethos, and then it became, okay, how do we do something above and beyond just the food and wine experience, right? Because, like I said, we could anybody could do this. Yeah. So then it was like, okay, let's start working with the brands, like the watch brands. Let's start doing stuff that's at our level. And I'm friends with a lot of these brands. You know, we're you know, um, uh, which We're part of LVMH. We're part of Richemont. We're part of Kering and, and other brands, where we're their you know um, part of their network of you know. Uh, I'm blanking on the word there, but basically like affiliate
0: brands are kind of affiliate groups that they work with. Totally.
1: So we're a part of their network. We're allowed to be an approved vendor basically. And they do stuff with us. We do stuff with them. And if you go to a lot of these events, a lot of these events try to fill in and they're typically like, Hey, we're doing our our runway show or we're doing whatever kind of kickoff. And they have these food experiences and they're subpar, you know, they're an A plus brand and they have B plus experiences because they're trying to fill in all these things. And Honestly, a lot of these brands don't play well in the sandbox together. And for me, this has been the biggest challenge of the last year and a half of trying to figure out how do I get these brands that are non-competing in different industries because I make sure that they're non-competing. But how do I get them to understand one, you're going to have a bigger ROI because you're sharing costs. Two, everybody's excited because hey, we've got three experiences all in one. And four, you know, there's that un you know told that one plus one equals three factor of like holy shit, I've got a wow factor here. And so it's been that ethos of trying to figure that out, but. In the meantime, it's been okay. Hey, I want to do something different. I want to I want to break down those mo- those walls and break down that mold of here's a you know monotone mono brand singular experience, and it's funny I've got clients that are massive clients of you know LVMH, and they you know they're LV, they're Dior, they're you know uh, Bulgari. But they're like, I hate going to six different events every single year.
0: Well, because you're talking about the antithesis of these brands, and I don't say this in a mean way because I've written stories for Aston Martin before, and they were nice enough to give me a car for the day, and I never would, <laughs> I never would say nothing but thank you for that. But it is the exclus- it's the exclusivity of it, right? Yep. You come to our place, whatever this brand may be. It's just us. We're focused on you. You know, no, we're not worried about those other brands because we're here for you. You're here for us. What you're doing is basically kind of marrying all these things together and you're using food and wine as a way to do it at a level that I, I mean, I'm sure things like this, you know, I'm sure there's somebody trying to do it in New York and things like that, but I've never seen anybody doing it to this level out here with the level of hospitality that you're delivering. And I yeah. think that's the big thing. And that's kind of what we were talking about earlier before we started recording was hospitality and how that word has really been monetized and changed and kind of now it's this kind of broad thing and it basically has lost its kind of value. But you are really bringing this level of hospitality to anybody that does come to one of these events. And these are small, these are intimate. These are, I mean, again, you are paying for an experience and these are not for everybody and that's what they're designed to be. Talk about the kind of hospitality aspect of it. uh, You know, this is not just coming, you're not just eating good food and drinking good wine and then leaving. It's really, you are kind of catering to people in a way that they are getting a great experience out of it.
1: Yeah, like I said, it's not just about food and wine. And for me, when you talk about luxury and luxury lifestyle, luxury to me is small, it's intimate. And I think that's the the craziest part about dealing with these luxury brands that are massive, like they're behemoths, they're billion dollar companies. And whenever they have a conversation of like, we're doing an event, it's always it's 150 people. It's 200 people. It's massive. It's scalable because they want that you know, the the runway and the views and the, and the clickable, the Instagrammable ideas. And in your are yeah goal. yeah yeah. You are a massively well known luxury brand, but you've got 150 of your clients and you're not networking with any of them, and they're gonna have one or two or their three or their friends that may be on a competitor's you know brand. And you're not getting a chance to have that conversation
0: no at most they're on your step and repeat and that's it absolutely
1: yeah. it's all about scale it's all about step and repeat and so i've had these conversations with a lot of these big brands and said i don't do that for me as my brand i can do 100 percent event i can do a thousand percent event it's not my brand because everybody's going to go out there and if we mess up once and you're going to mess up doesn't matter who it is whether it's wolf king Puck or anybody else they're going to mess up somewhat a thousand person event let alone a 200 percent event and you're going to go, I just had Wolfgang Puck, but I had three dishes that were sick and absolutely you know, out of this world, but I had one that was eh. And yeah. you're going to think about that eh moment.
0: It's always the, yeah, it's the Yelp thing. You always care about the absolutely. bad one. Yeah.
1: So for me, I'm like, let's just manage this super easy. Let's keep it small. We can crush it. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's 10 people, 20 people, you know, whatever, sub 40 people. But like I go to the brands and I go, we're creating this experience. And if it's a multi-branded event, the idea is you've got 40 people. There are 50 people at this event you can only really handle 10 or 15 at any given time. So if I have the other 30 people or whatever, broken up somewhere else and having experience and having the time of their life, that's a win for you yeah. because they're going to want to rotate and it's going to be this rotation. And I go, there's going to be no, you know, drop in level drop of drop of execution. But if I have more than that and you're the only brand, oof, you better be really good. And I think it's that idea of that. And it's funny that like I've had conversations with Rolls Royce and I'm like, you are a brand. But your event's not luxury and they're like what are you talking about i'm like 150 event is not luxury i don't care where it's at i don't care what you're doing i go if you had 20 people there and even if you had 20 new people that weren't there and they were bentley you know people and you did it what i wanted to do and you had this broken bread you're hanging out you're having dinner you've had the experience and we do the, the level that we're gonna do you're gonna wow them and you're gonna go this is what i get when i buy a rolls royce i'm in
0: yeah, they're not there to see the brand. The people are there to see. Oh, who else is Every, here? Because there's so many people here.
1: If you're not becoming coming brand, I get it. You want to scale. Yeah. You, you want as much Instagram that you it's can brand exposure have. at
0: that point. But ah, everybody, absolutely. you're four years old and you've heard of Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just that's the way it is. But yeah,
1: exactly. And I think that's uh, the interesting part. It's changing everybody's perspective of trying to figure out what the new direction of of uh, luxury is going to go and how do we get everybody out? For me, it's pulling everybody out of the boutiques, going to a boutique. Not a lot of cool experience anymore. I don't you care know. if they're going to give me champagne and caviar. I it always
0: looks, it, again, nothing against these brands, but I walk through, and not that I'm there a ton, but like I'll walk through South Coast Plaza and you look at some of these boutiques, and you know, we're talking, gosh, shit, suits and watches that I wish I could afford. Yep. But it looks sad it in is. there. I mean, there's more security guards than there are people. Totally. Like, I, yeah, it just looks, it, it's not intimate. There's nothing inviting about it. It almost looks like they don't want you in there.
1: Absolutely, you know it's something that they've done a, a while back. They pulled away from it. Obviously, it's scalability. There's a there's a ton that goes into this, right? There's the security aspect. There's the logistics aspects of it. You know, I've done a few things where we had you know, nine million dollars worth of watches and jewelry. Yeah, it's a lot, and it's for, and it's you know everybody there was worth fifty plus million. There was a few billionaires at this thing, so they're like, okay, great. And it's a private gated community, super small. <laughs> so it, it okay, helped great. out a little bit. Yeah. you know it's funny too because there's always that variability. We were on the strands in Dana Point. And I was talking to security guards and mm-hmm. they're like, they're trying to make sure everything was good. And I'm like, honestly, if I was gonna rob you and rob this event, I've got a go fast boat on the on the beach right there. I've got two guys, <laughs> we're coming in, we're going out, we're going to Mexico. And they all looked at me like, Do we have to worry about you? And I'm like, this is my event. You don't have to worry about me. You know what I mean? Just I know saying. I know the owner of the business. But I'm just yeah, exactly, just saying. No, so for it's interesting because I feel like these brands want to network and they want to have that. It's the same thing as a winemaker dinner, right? If you had a winemaker come to your house, you're telling your five friends or your 10 other friends this is amazing yeah and look at me i had something that no one else gets to do with you might be able to buy his wine at any retail shop but do you get to have him you know have a dinner here and all that stuff same thing with all the luxury brands it's it's that kind of network aspect of we're building brand loyalty by adding a little bit of extra
0: right well we've unpacked the the kind of events aspect at this point of what somebody could expect if they come to one of these things which and obviously they're not there's different scales of them as well. So, yep. some are more approachable than obviously, because I don't think I have that many 50 millionaire people <laughs> listening. But if they are, go on Patreon because you can afford it. Um, but I mean, people can also, I mean, they can order the products themselves. Yep. They can get kind of boxes of the wines yep. and wag you from you. I mean, basically, kind of shop like boutique retail, for lack of a better term of it. They can go and they can, uh, they, they don't have to come to an event to yep. experience your products as well, right? Absolutely.
1: So, that's where the boxes come from. You know, originally the idea with the boxes were kind of more so just calling cards, business cards, in a sense. Yeah. Um, it was never really a thought process. Um, but now we're doing it. We are we finally got everything going. The idea is that we're keeping it membership. I want to pull everything off the retail side. So we're going to, I'm working on now my fourth website. <laughs>
0: I know two, that game. Yeah. Two years. I've been we're, there. we're going
1: on four four websites just because everybody's like, you, you don't know what you don't know what can, you know, someone can do. A hundred percent. And a lot of it's been, you know, placeholder for a while. I'm like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. But now it's like, okay, we're good. The website that we have now works. It's functional. It's, it's absolutely amazing the way it looks and it fits the brand. But I want to pull it so it's a closed network for members only in a sense. So we're doing, you know, a yearly subscription aspect of it where you get a discount or you can do one-time purchases on it. The idea of what we're going to do is like we're kicking off for Lunar New Year's our Wagyu boxes. Um, it's all Kobe beefs. It's certified Kobe beef. You're going to get $1,500 worth of Kobe beef. So you're getting two 13 to 16-ounce steaks. You're getting two 8-ounce fillets, the complete trim. And, you know, we're one of the few people in the, in the country that have that retail-wise. Um, and so that's part of the fun piece is that you're going to get a huge value with us. I'm not about making money. This, this business was never about making money. It's about breaking down the walls and doing things that no one else did. You know, I remember being a kid. I was always that kid that had to have the coolest new shoes, uh, the stuff that no one else had right off the bat. And, and for me, still to that day, it's, it's a lot of that what drives me. Um, we do the wine aspect of it. The wine part of it, it's actually really kind of cool. Um, you know it's three wines per per month every shipment. It's always going to be a different wine from a different producer. So you're going to basically you know you go to these wine subscriptions and and you do your memberships and you're getting six bottles, twelve bottles, and they log up you know uh, clog up your cellar, right? Yeah. This is one bottle per wine. You know, great. I like it. I don't like it. If I want to buy more from the one that out of the three that I do, great. You can buy a little bit more. These are you know sub five thousand cases. Most of them are sub five hundred cases yeah, in we're a production.
0: Very low allocation.
1: They're all from the top producers. I've got uh, access to the top fifteen winemakers within Napa, and those guys have their hands on maybe sixty of the top wines all over the place in Napa. Everything is going to be one hundred fifty to five hundred dollars for the entry level box. We have a couple of different tiers that are much higher than that, where you're talking five hundred to thousand dollars bottles out of Napa. You know, you're talking Ghost Horse, Ferris Creatures. Um, there's a few other ones, with you know, Peres and you know Stones and and uh,
0: 80s. Yeah, some of these are like some of these are brands you talk about in like hushed whispers. You're like, which oh, is no, like we really do have it. So that's
1: part of the reason why we want to get off the the internet as well. Yeah, like I don't want to be picked up by Wine searcher, I don't want to be picked up by anything else. It's just basically here's a, a closed format. I don't want to deal with price points because I want to take care of my uh, my friends and everything else. I don't want to have to deal with, hey, our price points ten dollars cheaper. I got to do that. Nope. Yeah. The idea is that when we package these together, it's a blended cost. No one's gonna know which ones what. You're still getting an awesome value because we get everything direct. We don't deal with the distributor. We don't deal with anything else. So we have no middleman. in almost everything that I've tried to do. And that's been the the fun process the last couple of years is how do I get direct? Right. Um, well,
0: I mean, it's one of the wild parts and, and it's constantly coming up in articles that you read left, right and center. Um, it, it, people have been really, really hammering on it for probably about the past four years and wine media is kind of the gatekeeping of some of these wines. You're making wines that are generally, you know, people wouldn't even that have to Google just to find out about accessible. But yes, for some of these higher tier ones, you are going to pay for it. But frankly, the value is there and they do rank up that high. So I mean, for you, the aspect of and I'm going to kind of bring it back to what we were talking about before with hospitality. What does that mean for you? I mean, 30 years in this business, you know, you've been in wine forever, which I want to unpack. We may unpack it here. We may unpack it in the bonus episode, um, kind of your background and what got you into wine. But what does that mean for you to finally kind of be like all these years in this business and just be able to give it to people? No middlemen, nothing really in the way. Just be like, if you want it, here it is. Yes, there's a price to entry for it, but it's really not as astronomical as it could be.
1: You know, that's an interesting question. For me, it's kind of like a, I'm, I'm a kid in a candy store, right? There isn't really a value. I don't have a really
0: kick ass candy store. Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: I have no idea how much the monetized aspect of what it's going to cost me if I want everything there, but all I see is just eyes wide open and it's fun, right? And for me, this is the new evolution. And, and the Valley, like I said, everybody and every brand, every industry is trying to get to what I'm trying to create. It's getting rid of the distributor, getting rid of the middleman, introduction to um, and access to the consumer itself, right? And how do you do that? There's so many ways. Is paid media, is advertising, you know, no one really knows what's going on. But the idea is that if I can get front and center with my customer, my consumer, my consumer base, that is worth more than anything else because that's where I win. And I, that's exactly what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to go take your consumer base and let's have fun with it. Yeah. But for me, it's just trying to figure out what's going on. Like I said, it's not a monetary thing. It's not a I, I got to get rich" scheme, because, you know, that isn't what drives me. It's yeah. it's trying to figure out what really works. Right, taking care of brands that don't really have, for the last couple of years, haven't really gotten the scores, and all of a sudden, blowing up 98, 100 points, and you're going like, "Where the heck were you?" And you're a value.
0: Yeah. Well, and the other thing is that you kind of mentioned before when you were first starting to do this, just kind of as a hobby, helping out a client. I mean, you're talking about you know high-end, high-value people, you know, $50 million, you're all talking about professional athletes, yep. you know, celebrities, things like that, which there's a lot of money to be had there, but realistically, it's not a massive market. You're not just trying to pigeonhole that market. I mean, yes, there's a lot of professional athletes out there retired and otherwise with disposable income. There's a lot of celebrities. There's a lot of people with disposable income to do this, but you're not, you're not just doing that. You yep. are trying to bring this to everybody. Now, there is a, again, there's a price point here, but yep. you mentioned $150 to $500 for an entry box. That's two tickets for you know a chef's table experience anywhere. Yep, that's really not that bad. Yep, totally, absolutely, and, and I think the,
1: the fun piece about this is like you know we've tied every uh, and and beforehand I never really wanted everything because yeah. the world when you look at it it's so massive and all the different you know areas and pieces of pies that you can yeah, have. Yeah, if you
0: open up Pandora's box and start offering every all of a sudden your truffle service and everything else, it's just totally it's, it's like nuts.
1: But when you start getting to it and and after the last couple of years, it's been like now I want it all. I, I want to have my hands on everything, and and that's the the part about it. So I'm working with some of my caviar producers. And, and some of the products we work with, we're going to start doing caviar tours, seeing the sustainability of that, mm-hmm. and having people do do the food aspects, do the the wine aspects, since we nor- in Northern California, the farms, um, and it's it's about building these things that are all connected. And for me, like I said. It's it's about things that fall on your lap. When things work, it's organically the best yeah. way. Right? It's one of those things where I know somebody and they're like, oh my god, I'm friends with this guy, you need to do this, and everything just kind of works. And you know, even the box was exactly that way. So I did something for the Anaheim Ducks, we did something for Getty's retirement at mm-hmm. his house, we did something with Louis the Thirteen, and there was a wine called Brilliant Wine Mistakes. And we did the event, posted it, one of the guys that's you know connected his company's called Vineyard 36, Cam Ward, you know, Hall of Fame goaltender, yeah, part of the project. Jason Ernst calls me up and goes, hey, I saw what you just did with the ducks. Like, I love the boxes, see see brilliant wine mistakes. And we start having the conversation of like, let's do stuff together. And I go, you know, their box was absolutely phenomenal. Like, I haven't really seen this in the industry. And so he goes, I'll hook you up with a guy that did it. I helped them out.
0: I'm like, sweet. Well, it's like, I know I'm paraphrasing the old saying, but like the most valuable thing on the planet is networking or like relationships. Yeah.
1: If I could go back 20 years from now, I would say I would do everything for everybody. And I would make as many friends in every single possible industry that I could. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I could work for free. Because that friendship and those networks and who you know and how you know. Will carry will you care. Care. so far. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, and, and it's hard because I've always had these networks, but I've never wanted to monetize them. I never need, knew to use them to kind of have fun. And it's funny. We do a lot of stuff with athletes. Athletes aren't the one that pay the money. Like, for me, it's it's the, the cachet of like, hey, if you can handle a pro athlete, and keep their ndas or, or keep everything on a profile you can handle me i'm worth a billion right it's, it's that aspect or you got 10 guys that you know love football whether it's a certain team i'm gonna go in there and go here's a hall of famer from this team let's have dinner with this guy there's one on ten sweet and they're like we'll pay whatever it's it easy
0: sale on the planet to get a bunch of like football fans and be like oh yeah you guys are broncos fans what up elway people are yeah. like oh my god yeah whatever you need yeah. Yeah, yeah put me with the king
1: but and that's funny because all of you know the first year it was all about athletes it was all about the events what got me the cachet and then i realized they're not really paying for it they're so used to getting everything for free mm-hmm. it's crazy there are a few guys that are absolutely amazing right and they'll pay for whatever salt of the earth kind of personalities. yeah um but for the most part when you talk about athletes and celebrities it's like what are you going to give me and i'm like oh and that's actually how we when i do events for these guys uh especially when we do full team events which is unheard of
0: that's yeah, the, that's that, massive
1: that's the one thing that i think i kind of hang my hat on I'm like i've done multiple you know full-team events i've missed out on a, a four different championship events you know whether it was uh stanley cup champions or whether it was nba champions or even just recently i had the possibility of um on two different sides from als and, and uh and national league you know baseball mm-hmm. depending on you know astros or the diamondbacks they both didn't win and i'm like oh my god how am i missing like, all these different things <laughs> like it, it's game on if, if it worked but it, it's like it just didn't happen yeah but it's one of those things where people go how do you get this done i'm like well the brands want these players and i go i'm friends with these guys but i want to build something that's exciting to them because they're not getting aston Martins or they're not getting ferraris and everything else just face it those brands don't pay or market with those kind of like level of players if you're an mbappe or a messi absolutely but if you're the anaheim ducks
0: no yeah
1: but if you have fun with it and you build it so they're excited and they get to the do drives and they have a you know thousand dollar meal and they're all hanging out in the next suite. This is absolutely fun, it's casual, no one else is gonna be here but us as a team, it's team bonding. Hell yeah, we're in. So it's one of those things where I've learned how to talk to the brands, how to figure it out. And I it's funny, I have the heart to heart with brands too. I'm like, you don't want to do a paid advertisement. You want these guys to hang out and four or five guys to be in the picture and they're throwing it out over the brands and going, holy shit, because it's organic. And the, the young generation, the 20, 30-year-olds, they see that and they go, that's worth more money to me than someone that's going to do a paid advertisement. They can see the reality of it, right? And I think that's the interesting part of selling these brands of like, stop focusing on your 40, 50, 60 demographic right now that's paying all your bills. Yeah. Focus on the 20 to 30s and do it the right way. Do it the organic way. And organic for me is everything. You know, when it comes to, you know, timing and things that work out, I've had so many things in my hands on all these things. And it's like, what's going to hit? And all of a sudden now when I when I wanted it to happen, it wasn't ready to go.
0: So is Wagyu and Wine, is it a luxury food and wine kind of accessibility space or is it the version of LinkedIn we all dreamed of? Because, I mean, it's as much networking as it is, but that's a part of sharing a meal, right? You share a meal with somebody, you're networking, you're talking, especially if they're strangers at the table. It's like yep. the, whenever somebody goes to a wedding, you sit at your table, you look around, you're like, fuck, who am I going to be friends with here that are strangers? Yep. It's the same thing. You sit around and get, you get teams together. Obviously, they know each other, but you're still, you're pushing networking even within existing networks. Yep. So what do you look at it as, as a, as a brand? Is it, is it food and wine or is it something much more?
1: In its ultimatum, it, it, it's exclusivity, and I hate the word exclusive because that's not my personality. But it's about having that kind of idea of like, when I come in here, I can't get anywhere else. I well, can't I don't get this think ex-
0: you're saying it in a way that's weaponizing it. You're not. You're not saying you can't come in. You're saying, hey, if you can, please.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But it's the idea of like when you come here, like this is not, this is a one-off. And yeah. and for me, um, the biggest and hardest part of my challenges are trying to create something that's not a, a rinse and repeat, right? I might have a similar menu it's going to change a little bit based on what we can get and everything else. And the stuff that we play with is ridiculous, but it's the idea of like, I don't want to do the same thing just because it was easy. Like, you know, when I have my conversations with my chefs, they absolutely fucking hate me because every time they're like, <laughs> Hey, let's do this idea. I'm like, uh, and we're pushing the envelope of what we can actually do. And I hate art food. And I hate all that stuff. Cause like you do all these things, you take the, the raw amazingness of, of some of these products and you've changed it. You modified it so that it looks pretty on a plate. I'm like, no, I want this because this is exact. We've done stuff with red carabino you know, prawns. To give you an idea, it cost me 70 bucks a pound for u five prawns. 70 bucks. That's $15 basically a prawn. So if you're thinking about a, a shrimp cocktail that's a trio on that, it's $100 <laughs> or 150 if it's at one of the major steakhouses in Orange County, right? For a shrimp cocktail. But the idea of that, it's so rare. The flavor profile is awesome. And it's like, how do you, how do you put that on there, right? How do you create something that's unique on that? And that's the level of what we're trying to play with is like, how do we create something that's raw form? Absolutely amazing. Someone's going to go, this is crazy. Yeah. And I think that's what we're trying to always play with. So it's, it's about the exclusivity aspect of you're not going to be able to get this, but if you can and you come and you do awesome. And we, we want you to go now what's next. It's that question of what's next. And the people that have the heck of money, they can do what's next day in and day out for you and I, you know, like for me, like the ultimate experience is Joël Rubuchon, L'Atelier in Paris, right? Those for me, food-wise, it's it's like you come in, it's ultimate hospitality, it's champagne when you first walk in, and it's just like holy shit, I'm at the the, the bar where they're cooking food and, and everything else.
0: Yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would happily, I would happily die after a meal at L'Atelier with Joël Rubuchon in front of me. That would be nice.
1: And and it's funny because everybody has different things of what they're going for, but it's that was one of those things where, and that was, shit, th- 12 years ago. Yeah. You know, wife and I, you know, went on our honeymoon and that was one of those things we went to and it stuck with me. And it's always that mentality of like, how do you get that sense of feeling that you talk about hospitality? How do you get that sense of like, I belong here. Yeah. I'm paying to belong here, but no, I belong here, right? It's it's getting all the walls, you know, knocked down. It's that visual, it's that Ratatouille moment where, you know, Anton Ego like takes a bite <laughs> of the Ratatouille and he's automatically at his, at his, you know, mom's house when he hurt himself. That is what we try to do at any given moment, Right. Yes, we add in luxury brands and, and we make it fun. Um, but it's it's about those moments of like what could be going on in the world that's horrible and you're here and you're having the greatest time of your life.
0: You're relaxed and because absolutely. so many of these times events like this are kind of stuffed up and you're kind of uncomfortable and it's, it's not until that fourth glass that you finally unwind a little bit and all yeah. of a sudden but yours are meant to be relaxed. It's a sales pitch. You, yeah. go, you
1: go to an event, it's a sales pitch.
0: Yeah. They're selling you something. Yeah, it's a timeshare thing basically. And, and,
1: and honestly, we're selling stuff too at the events that we do but it's the idea of like you want to have something else. And like I tell all the brands too, when you have a conversation with someone, you're learning about what they really, really like, what they're really all about. And yes, they may spend $150,000 on, on a certain brand every single year, but it's the idea of like, now you can figure out how do I maximize that? Yeah. Right? How do I get into you and understand like, do you like to be one of one? If you do, let's do a made to order. Let's, let's create a whole new wardrobe for you. And that money is way more money than if they go, let's go buy off the rack. Yeah. You know, so it's the idea of trying to figure out those conversations. It's listening. And for me, listening is absolutely horrible. The
0: commerce of relationships. Yeah.
1: I I love to speak. So for me, listening, as my wife would say, like you don't listen to shit, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you're always listening to yourself if anything else. And that's true. But uh, you know, I understand the, you know, that part of here's how you connect. Right. And again, like I said, food and wine, that's the base. That's how you connect right then and there. You break bread. Yeah. Everything else is just fluff.
0: Well, I want to wind down this main episode, but I'm going to keep you around for a bonus episode, which people can find on patreon.com forward slash the best seats, because I have a host of other questions that I want to ask. But in the interest of time, we're going to wrap this one. Um, If people want to learn more about the brand, about you, um, about looking into experiences and things like that, or just having the ability to kind of order and experience these astounding products for themselves. Websites, emails, information, where can people find all that at?
1: So website, WagyuWineClub.io, that's the easiest way to do that. It's pretty self-navigation wise as well. So we've got our membership piece, we've got the private events, Uh, we'll break it up. Everything is different, so we have a price point that we do, but again, we try to modify and cater to everybody else. There's no cookie cutter idea. Yeah. You know, if there's a company or or a person that wants all the bespoke pieces and and luxury brands, we'll throw them at them. We vet everybody, make sure that it's the right thing. So I don't just go, hey, I'm gonna bring Aston Martin to everybody. I make sure, you know, it's what they want. Or yeah. if the wife is all about, hey, I'm hosting a bunch of girlfriends, everything else, we'll bring fashion, we'll bring jewelry, we'll do whatever we gotta do. Uh, but waguwineclub.io is, is the, the website. That's pretty much where we find us. Again, we try to be really quiet. There's not a lot of information about how to contact us. You know, for me, family time is family time. Yeah. Um, but I'm really responsible in that sense of like, I get back, I'll have the conversation. The hard part is, is there's so much and that you have to have that conversation with me. You yeah, have to be yeah, like, yeah. What do I really want? And I'll throw something at you and I'll, I'll bring out a million different questions that you're gonna go, shit, I had no idea I even wanted that. Now what? And you're, and you're gonna come back to the <laughs> drawing I board really of like, do. let's do it. Um, so I think that is the hardest part is when I have a conversation with someone, they always go, shit, now where do I go?
0: <laughs> this definitely could not have been an email uh, Justin I want to thank you for the time brother um, shout me. out to Kachina and the again for letting us use the space they're about to open up for lunch service but like I said we're going to hammer out a bonus episode which people can find on Patreon in the meantime I yeah. cannot thank you enough for the time the hospitality I know that this is one that we've been trying to get on the books for a while so I'm really really glad we are able to do so first thing in yeah, the new you. year and wishing you nothing but continued success man thanks brother cheers cheers Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to Justin for taking the time. Shout out to the team once again at Cochina Inoteca um, up in Fashion Island in Newport Beach for letting us come in uh, right before their lunch service really got going and letting us record in that space. Again, it's an interesting thing. I take this podcast, I don't have a dedicated studio space because this is, you know, not some massive, massive production. This is the one man show that so many of you support. So it's great when I go out and I have a guest that also doesn't have their own space uh, for somebody to let us record in there. So shout out to Kuchina Inateka for letting us do that and shout out to the team there for being so accommodating. Thank you to Justin once again and thank you to him for just being so open and kind of granting everybody a glimpse into the world that he's running. Thank you to everybody that supports on Patreon. I could not do this show without you. 2024 is already off to a banger start and I hope that you will share it with your friends. There's going to be a lot more cool stuff coming, even some underneath announced projects that I've been working on on the back end for quite a while that are finally going to see the light of day. Thank you to everybody that listens on free feeds. Don't forget to like and share. Thank you to my advertising partners. And uh, yeah, I'll see you soon. Take care. The best seats podcast is an original production of the best seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of the best seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, AKA Norm Status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names John Sanchez, Zach Sher, Loco Lipo, Burrito No Rito, Eric Lutz, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, Burgermeister. Thank you for your support.